listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at BHurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week, I'm very excited to be returning to our interview series, and this week I'm talking with the writer Taya Lim. Taylim is the author of An Ocean of Minutes, which was shortlisted for the Scotiabank Giller Prize and longlisted for Canada Reads. Her writing has been published in Granta, The Nation, The Paris Review, Best Canadian Stories, The Guardian, The Globe and Mail, Guernica, and others. She holds an MFA from the University of Houston. So let's get right to my conversation with Taya. Today I'm talking with Taya Lim, whose uh, novel An Ocean of Minutes came out just a couple of years ago. It's a fantastic blend of the literary, the sci-fi, pandemic fiction that's eerily prescient. There's a, a lot to, um, to enjoy and to be challenged by, I think, in this fantastic book of Taya's. So I would love to turn it over to you, Taya. Um, what is a writing tip that you love to share with your fellow writers? Um, thanks, Blair. Thanks so much for that very nice introduction. <laughs> um, so the tip that I wanted to talk about today uh, is finding a match between your subgenre and your story. Um, and I wanted to talk about this because in the past five years or so, or even further back, conversation about genre has been all the rage, especially as hybrid genres like creative nonfiction and autofiction have become ascendant. Um, and the separation between what was once considered serious reals fiction and what was once considered pop literature like science fiction and fantasy had started to blur. Writers used to have to specify that they were writing literary science fiction, but now it's common to come across science fiction and dystopia on lists of literary writers. And the notion that sci-fi or fantasy might be only for fun has also been totally disrupted. Mm. Um, what that means is that writers writing today have to figure out genre now more than ever. Um, so more writers trained in kind of canonical creative writing, like me, and I think like you too, Blair, mm -hmm. are, are venturing into speculative worlds. And more than this, the writing world is finally acknowledging that there's no such thing as a default genre, that literary realism, which once have, may have been thought to be kind of ordinary writing, is just one genre among many others. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that, that writers have to understand why they're writing in the genre they're writing in order to make sensible storytelling choices and to join the conversation. Uh, this was always true. There's never been a default genre, but I think now it's more visible. Um, and so writers are more actively choosing genres and asking a writer, or if you're a writer asking yourself, <laughs> why write this story in this genre? It's not such an, a strange line of questioning anymore. Um, so to get down to the nitty gritty, subgenres tend to trade in specific themes. So for example, vampire stories, plumb questions of romance, sex and sexuality, intimacy, identity, mm. purity. Um, time travel stories tend to focus on fate, change, free will. Mm -hmm. um, zombie stories are usually about the economy. Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> crime is about social and political systems and the degree to which these systems are immoral um, and psychological realism focuses on the mercurial nature of relationships in the self so for example if you wanted to write a plot that was essentially a love story plot in the context of a crime narrative you'd have to figure out why your particular story is the right match for that genre what natural energy in the genre are you exploiting in order to tell your story or how might you be generating friction by subverting expectations? Or have you actually selected the wrong genre for your particular story? 
um, when you start to think about the boundaries of your genre, what it does well and what it's indifferent towards, it's worth pondering if the path you're trying to fit it to is maybe the wrong path. And rather than giving your story energy, it's strangling your story. For example, if you're trying to write a story about racial injustice in the context of a dystopian novel, maybe the fact that dystopias tend to emphasize an amplified version of this world means that dystopia is the wrong shell for your story, which is actually you intend to be very much about our own material world. Hmm. Um, of course, that's not to say you can't write stories about racial injustice that are set in dystopias. We can probably think off the top of our head of many, but it's just kind of an example of the kind of line of questioning you might engage yourself in. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the worst things that can happen in this marriage between subgenre and story is that there isn't really a good compelling reason why your story needs the genre you've chosen. Mm -hmm. It can't be told in any other form. And when this happens, your genre choice winds up being a gimmick. Ooh. It will feel like you just put your story and your genre together because you felt like it, not because you're making deliberate artistic choices that will make your work sing. Um, and obviously this can have fatal implications because the genre runs the length of a work. Mm -hmm. um, I think that mismatching your genre and your story is kind of like being that person at a party, Zoom party or otherwise, who wanders in and just starts pontificating at high volume about a topic that everyone else finished talking about over an hour ago. Um, the project of storytelling is a collective one that started thousands of years ago. One of the few things that we can accurately say spans the whole human race. When you don't read the room or the generic convention before you step into the conversation, instead of contributing to the project and adding to its richness, you ensure that you're siloing yourself. You cut yourself off from the chance to be part of this massive eye-watering community. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, the last thing I have to talk about is, well, how do you actually do this? How do you actually match your genre and your story? What does it really look like? And of course, um, this question has the same solution to so many of the big questions of writing life, which is read some books. So read widely in your genre, jot down what the works that are canon to your genre are exploring. Note what books that were initially considered outliers that wound up extending the boundaries of the genre we're talking about. Um, and I would never recommend that anyone working on a work in progress gets too caught up in the vagaries of contemporary fiction, but mm. nonetheless have a gander at what writers are doing who are kind of at the forefront of what's happening now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then take a look at your story. What's it about? What's your plot and what are your themes? Are you retreading things that have already happened in your genre? Are you harnessing the power of your genre and adding your own spin? Or are you totally subverting what's been done by doing its opposite in order to push the genre further into the future? Um, so essentially my advice is go out and be a good reader and have fun with your new TBR pile. That is so helpful to hear, Taya. Thank you so much. I, while you were speaking of that, it reminded me a little of um, a quotation from a Margaret Atwood story that I've always liked, where it's sort of metafictional, where she's talking about what makes good stories. And she, she mentions... Um, a plot by itself is just a what and a what and a what and, and good writers are more interested in the how and the why. Um, mm -hmm. And it sounds like you you um, recommend sort of really examining that question of why. Why is the story, why does it need to be delivered in this way? Yeah. Is yeah. that something that yeah. you thought about before your book or in your current works in progress um, sort of deliberately before you embarked or was it something you discovered along the way? I stumbled into, so if we're talking about An Ocean of Minutes, which is um, a novel that I wrote that's a time travel novel, so it's a little bit of science fiction, but in some ways more interested in, um, not in kind of the action or the science of science fiction, but in the mm -hmm. philosophical questions of what it means to be mortal in a way. Mm -hmm. um, 
I stumbled into that story. It was an accident. Hmm. <laughs> I started out with an, with an emotional situation. I had something that I wanted to explore um, and I couldn't figure out how to animate it because I was actually trying to animate grief, which is a very static state. Yes, yeah, it's um, a, like inertia, really. <laughs> exactly. So I was, it's actually a very bad topic <laughs> for a story. <laughs> um, but then uh, as I was sort of you know, racking my brains trying to figure out how to make it work. I was like, well, what if I write a time travel story? Because when you're bereaved, you're stuck in time. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I'll strand somebody in time. So that's how I came up with the idea. But then I think being completely kind of, I don't want to say totally ill-equipped. I did have some, I was lucky to have some instructors when I was doing my MFA in creative writing who were open to genre. But in general, especially at that point in time, I'm old. Um, I feel like MFAs weren't really pushing, I think, towards getting students to write anything other than literary realism. So I did feel kind of adrift. Um, uh, but I think I had been trained to think about how to justify the choices you make as a writer. And the way that you justify the choices you write as a maker is you ask yourself, what is your story about? And what does it need? And it can't really come down to just what you like, like what's cool <laughs> and what you think is interesting. It actually really comes down to what the story needs. That's the most important thing. Um, and so when I started on, on this path, it, it, I realized that the more that I, I, I worked on it, the more I was like, no, I think the story does need this. Um, and I also think that I am kind of using some of the juice of like uh, time travel stories um, as we think of them, but it's also allowing me to explore other things that maybe you don't always see in time travel and, and allowing me to find new ways to talk about um, things actually like immigration and displacement. Um, so that's a long answer to your question. I, I guess it was, I guess the answer is it was an accident and then mm -hmm. I had to justify the genre for myself because it was an accident. And yeah. that's probably, yeah, where, where my interest in that comes from. And now I do do that when I'm working on my own projects. Now I always ask like, mm -hmm. why does this fit together? And I think what I also started to see as a writing instructor was so many more students um, who wanted to write, who wanted to figure out how to write hybrid genre. It's kind of like how when I was in high school, you only had like one genre of music that you listened to and that was your identity. And now like teenagers just listen to everything. <laughs> I feel like it's the same actually with writers. There's a lot of people trying to write a lot of different things. And I realized that because of that, this topic is kind of meaningful now more than ever. Absolutely. It's, it is, I think, uh, an encouraging trend, an exciting thing to see that yeah. people are a lot yeah. more open to the metaphorical possibility of one genre or another. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think it's a great question to ask yourself if you want to write literary realism, why? <laughs> because yeah. I think that's, that's like, it's, to me, I, I have a lifelong project of trying to decenter the center. <laughs> mm. Like, why is this? Like, right, right. You, Jonathan Franzen, really? Should you be For writing? A lot of writers, you know, the, the answer might be, yeah, something like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. because that's what the serious people write or, or something right, like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, right. you, and you see us starting to move away from that, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Taya. I think that, that'll give our, our listeners a lot to think about and, and some, it'll give them some questions to really examine as they're embarking on new, new projects, really thinking about the how and the why and what is, what is the need of the story, definitely. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You can learn more about An Ocean of Minutes and TLM's other writing at her website, talm.org. Thanks so much, Taya. 
Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes.